Good stuff is what you'll be getting now. Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Talking Tech with the Techie Guy. My name is Liron Segev, and aka the Techie Guy. And today we've got an awesome show packed with good information as usual, but specifically we're talking about load shedding and options for your house, options for your offers, what you should be doing in order to get yourselves out of the cuck that we're in with good old Eskom, which is going to be here for quite a while. Um, but um, joining me in the studio, we have Daryl, which is the online editor at RT News Africa. Morning, Hi, morning. Are you ready? Yeah. Should we do this? Hell yeah. Okay, we have quite a cool lineup. We're also talking about Samsung, about some new products that are coming to um, to South Africa, and as well as the new Lenovo Yoga tablet, which Daryl's going to be telling us all about it. A tablet that's got a built-in projector. So that's quite cool. Um, from a gadgety, geeky kind of coolness point of view, <laughs> things to look at. So I think let's kick off with the stuff that's coming into Africa. I think we're all interested in what's around the corner. Um, so Samsung. So <laughs> Samsung flew us over to Turkey, um, to Istanbul, and then to Antalya to check out what they call the es- Africa Forum, which sounds absolutely rad and an awesome experience to sit on a plane. But however, 72 hours of being stuck in the snow – 72 hours of hotels closed, of airports closed, um, literally traffic ground to a halt. Some people got stuck in a cab for over 10 hours, driving 15 minutes. Was not so much fun. But, but there was snow. But No, no. Snow is beautiful <laughs> when you see it. Snow is not so beautiful when you're stuck in it. Um, and you know, we're just not used to that kind of weather, so it was really quite an experience. But you know the U.S. Postal Service that says, nor sneet, no snow will prevent us from delivering your post? Yeah. Well, we had the same motto. We were making it down to that forum regardless. So we eventually did. The Africa um, delegation made it down there, and we saw some really, really rad stuff that Samsung is bringing out. Now, usually... I can't get excited about washing machines. Um, okay, but I've got to confess, <laughs> um, they really had some really, really cool, cool, cool stuff that, that, that's coming out. So if you're in the market for a washing machine, a TV, a fridge, or a, or a microwave, I absolutely would suggest holding back a little bit, um, because the new stuff is going to be hitting our shores fairly, fairly shortly. On the point of washing machine, yeah. how, how exciting can an actual washing machine be? Do you know, when they said we now have a session to do with washing machines, everybody rolled their eyes and thought, well, <laughs> you put powder in, you put e-softener, you do e-dishes and e, uh, you know, and then you go, I've realized I've got the wrong machine. No, but, um, basically what happens with this particular washing machine is that they did some research and they realized a lot of people do washing in two stages. The first stage you go to a bucket, and you do your pre-wash, and then you hoi all that into your main washing machine to do the wash. Yeah. What Samsung did was very cleverly they combined the two processes. So if you open up your washing machine, there's a basin with a tap, and water flows through. You do your washing, hoi it into your um, washing machine with the rest of your clothes, and then off it goes. Um, so really cool, simple stuff, or sounds simple. Obviously, the technology behind that is quite intense. Yeah. Um, a washing machine also connects to your app. Oh, nice. As one needs to have a washing machine talking to your mobile phone. Um, but the stuff that it does do, it says, um, I'm about to finish the cycle or I'm running out of soap or whatever it does. So it gives you some information that you can actually act on it. So Samsung's vision is that everything is going to be connected to everything else by 2020. And obviously they're making those steps right now. Um, another cool thing is your air conditioner. So we, now we've seen in the movies where um, 
it knows when you're on your way home, so it switches on the air conditioning automatically. Which is slightly scary at uh, certain points. Pretty much. Well, it's here. So there's an app for your Samsung air conditioning that basically say, here's my temperature, here's what I like it set at, and you can actually change it all from your mobile phone. So you no longer need to find the remote, which is to me is the biggest win because <laughs> we're always looking for that. But um, everything is just connected. So that, that that is really, really quite cool. Um, and the one thing I did pick up from Samsung is that everything has changed shape. Yeah. So, you know, we're all used to a square air conditioner and a square um, sound system and a square speaker. What they've done now is they've actually gone completely out of the box and then they've said, right, my air conditioner is actually triangle shape because it feeds the the airflow much better than it does with a re- like as a regular one. Um, your speakers, they've got something called the 360 omnidirectional speaker, which looks like a cone. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Aliens, yeah, you yeah, see like yeah. a little pod that they come out of. So effectively, that's what, it, that's what this thing looks like. But the sound quality on that is ridiculous. It's the same, same thing as switching on a light bulb. The light bulb is sa- shaped in a certain way to spread the light throughout the entire room. The speaker is built in, in exactly the same manner, which is meant to spread the sound throughout the entire room. So I think we should definitely get one of those in the studio to play with, right? And like, because like, Nadine's head furiously going, "I want." <laughs> <laughs> so right. with the, with the speaker, does it come with a companion app as well? Everything comes with an app for it. Okay. So essentially, Samsung's becoming every interior de- designer's nightmare, basically. Um, you know what? I think right now, these days, when you're designing a house or designing an office, one of the things that you take into consideration from day zero. Is your power people? Is your electric? Is your water people? But now you have to take in your tech people as well. No, because people don't want to retrofit a sound system. Houses have server rooms now. As frightening as that sounds, where they've got the media players in there and they've got surround sound that you know you can stream videos to every room in the house. It's all there. They've got to do it from there, effectively from the design stage. Mm. I mean, we're, we're at the future of technology at the moment. So obviously it's great to see that Samsung's innovating and coming up with different products, different styles. Yeah. And I think that the whole thing with Samsung, shame, their, their engineers must have hated them because they basically went to their designers <laughs> and said, we don't give a continental what we used to do in the past. Okay. Break the mold. No longer square. Go big. We don't like square. Okay. Uh, no, square is like two, so 2014. <laughs> They're not doing square anymore. And their designers came up with these awesome concepts. And these poor engineers said, well, how do we supposed to fit all this technology cuck into this? Um, said, well, that's your problem. And they did. And eventually they got the stuff right. And it looks awesome. The results are actually pretty incredible. We don't have pricing yet. Obviously, each retailer will have their own, um, but everyone's got the same policy. You know, if you find it cheaper, we'll meet the price. Or uh, I think the idea is, wait, if you're in the market for something like that, because we don't change our big appliances so frequently like our mobile phones, yeah. you know, you make a five-year decision here. Mm. It's actually better to spend a little bit more money up front because it is for five, five years. It's not like your phone, which you'll, you'll just get another one, um, you know, for when it breaks. So it is absolutely worthwhile taking your time and checking checking out these products. Especially the omnidirectional speaker. I mean, I'd love to hang that in my lounge. It would be amazing. But it, it looks rad as well. Yeah. So, like, so it's, it's a talking piece. Um, you don't only have to hang it from a ceiling. You can actually leave it standing up on a kind of pedestal or a coffee, you know, your coffee nice. table. It actually is just absolutely incredible. Um, I've got a video that I shot whilst I was out there, which I'll tweet the links out to as well, so guys can check out what we're talking about. But the products are coming. And then the most important one, or the biggest wow factor, 
you know, we've already heard of um, UHD TVs. Yeah. Now you've got something called SUHD. It is a curved screen. It's got these insane resolutions. It looks like you're actually physically inside that environment. I, I took pictures of it um, uh, and had a scene of, you know, this wonderful sunny day. So I took a picture of the TV and sent it out. And people say, oh, wow, well, we thought you said it was snowing, you were snowed under. It looks that real. No, so it's definitely something to look at. Look, not cheap. Um, you know, I can tell you that for free. But what <laughs> is going to happen is that, you know, as technology goes out, the older curved TVs start coming down. And I think curved TV is going to be where we're at because our eyes are curved. We don't see straight, you know. Some I see through glasses. Some I see through glasses. Um, but a curved TV really helps and bring, brings this kind of stuff out to life. So that's quite, uh, that's quite cool. So as uh, I say, it's there. If you're in that market for that kind of stuff, absolutely wait. The, with the Tizen OS powered curved SUHD TV, yeah. has Samsung moved from the smart hub? Yeah, I think the idea with this is that they want to own their own destiny. So Tizen is basically an operating system built and owned by Samsung as opposed to Android, which is owned by Google. Yeah. So they're moving away, they, in my opinion, they're trying to move slowly away from being so reliant on Android. I think we will see Tizen-powered Samsung devices only in the future because ty- because a company wants to own their own destiny. They don't want to be reliant on somebody else. Yeah. So I think definitely we'll see a good move. If you think their cameras are Tizen operating system, their washing machines, ty- you know, all of it's going to be in the same operating system. So everything talks to each other. Security is a big issue for them. Everything is going to be linked in. And if you own your own stuff, well, it's a lot harder for other people to get in there. Awesome. Makes sense, right? Yeah, it does. Did, uh, did you check out the, that, um, vacuum cleaner robot thing? Did you see that? <laughs> I did actually. Um, what fascinated me about it was the, the actual remote where you can guide it along a set path <laughs> with yeah. a, it's like an infrared sensor. So what happens when I have two cats at home that are chasing the infrared light around the floor and well, the vacuum cleaner is trying to vacuum. So you'll have a really clean house because the vacuum cleaner is just going to follow where the cats go and where the infrared goes. <laughs> so effectively, you put this thing on um, and then you say, clean this room. And it will, and that's all you have to tell it. And off it goes. It automatically finds where the corners are, where your furniture is, where your steps are so it doesn't fall down the steps. If you walk in front of it, it recognizes it instantly and then turns around and goes another direction. I couldn't touch it to try um, to pick it up because every time I got near it, it recognized something was coming towards it and it just changed direction. So <laughs> the only way to touch this thing is to switch it off remotely. Nice. Um, so, you know, the future of push a button, go out, come back, everything's done. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely here. So what are they saying? The future is here. We just don't know it yet. Okay. <laughs> Guess I mean, what? That would be fantastic for me. Obviously, I'm up and vacuum the house all weekend. Yeah, that's and one of those to just do what will you do with all your free time? <laughs> that's <laughs> play the video games. Play video games, right? <laughs> um, all right. Well, it's a good, good, good throw forward for our video game segment. We've got a. We're talking about the new Nintendo 3DS XL coming up um, after our guest. Um, but I think before we do it, speaking of new products that are coming into the country, you've had a chance to review the new Yoga tablet. Yeah, the Lenovo Yoga Tablet 2 Pro, um, it runs on Android 4.4.2. It's got a 1.8 gigahertz processor, comes with 2 gigs of RAM, 36 uh, gigs internal storage, which can be expanded upon by a micro SD card up to 64 gigs. Uh, the battery life on the device is between 12 to 15 hours, depending what you do with it. Obviously, um, it's got the... 8 megapixel rear camera, 2 megapixel front camera, 
but the biggest pulls on the device are the metallic stand on the back that lets you hang, tilt, and okay, stand well, well, the device. Okay. What do you mean hang a tablet? Basically, if you're sitting in your workshop and you you're, you want to check on YouTube how to like saw a piece of wood or change something in an engine, you can literally hang this tablet onto your wall and like view a, it like, there. like a picture. Yeah. Okay, so, so I mean, it sounds simple, but I mean, I can see lots of usages for that. Mm. There's a lot of time that you've got no physical place to put it on, but a hanging space you might have lots of. Like recently, I've spent a lot of time up in our roof. Like <laughs> okay. Giza went, I've been doing DSTV connections, all of that. Uh, obviously, setting router cables through the roof <laughs> to like connect the rooms. And it came r- like so in handy because I could just pop it up onto one of the beams in the roof right. and then check what I need to do. Okay, so that's quite cool. All right, mm-hmm. so what else, what else does it do? Because, I mean, there's got to be – I mean, do we need another tablet at the end of the day? We've got so many of these damn things. This tablet we definitely need because not only can you hang, tilt, and stand it, it's actually got a Pico projector okay, attached well, okay. to it. So is it attached to it or is it built into the unit? It's built into the unit. Okay, so just to so I just want to be clear, you take this tablet, and now you want to see a movie. So now you switch on a projector inside the tablet, and you broadcast that onto the wall. Yeah. Um, okay. Obviously, there's a little button where you can switch to projector mode. The projector projects anything that's on the screen. So if you want to watch a movie, you can watch a movie. If you want to do a boardroom presentation with Adobe or Excel or whatever. As long as the room's dimly lit, you can use the projector. If, say, for instance, load shedding hits. For example. Yeah. Uh, you don't need a sound system or TV anymore because it's got a fantastic set of JBL speakers in it. Sure. And then you can load your movies on as long as you've got a nice clear white wall or a projector screen, if you've got money for one of those, you can film movie, uh, play movies. Okay, well, but I mean, is it an all-in-one solution? Do you not need a TV after this? Technically, I mean, you'd still if you're just need... A, if you're just a movie person, you know, if people download series, oopsie, I mean, people buy series, <laughs> okay, and they buy movies. Um, if you're just that kind of person, I mean, could this replace your TV? Essentially, yes, uh, throughout the evening, but not during the day, obviously. Okay, the, yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, but I mean, what is cool about that is that if you go to a boardroom meeting, you can present straight off your tablet. You don't have to worry about connecting to anything else. Yep. Um, you go home and your kids want to watch some movies, but you want to watch something on TV. You set this thing up in a different room and off they watch it. Pop some popcorn and there you've got like an in-home cinema. Sure. Okay. So I dig it also from, um, you know, again, the load shedding point of view where everything goes off. First of all, you instantly got this insane amount of light coming out of this, out of this little unit. Yeah. Um, but also just keeping people entertained and getting their minds off what's going on. Especially if you've got little kids and at night and it's a bit scary for them. That will actually do the trick. Yeah, it's a fantastic product to have. I mean, especially if you, if, even if you just want to chill with your wife. Right. Watch okay. a movie, just not 50 shades of gray with the kids. Yeah. Heads up on that. <laughs> okay. Uh, alright, nice. So that's cool. And then what would, I mean, is that a recommended tablet? I mean, would you think people should be checking this out? I definitely think it's something that people should check out. Do we know, do we know the, the price of this? Uh, cost is a triple nine. So okay. it's, it's a hefty price, but I mean, if you look at it, it's an Android tablet. Yeah, plus. No, with the projector. With the projector. So a projector alone could be five grand, just the low entry ones. Yeah. So I mean, it's actually not so bad if you look at it that way. Mm. It's a fantastic tablet. All right. Well, cool.
So that's the story. So after this little break, we're going to be talking to Ilan Miller, who's going to be talking to us about load shedding options. What could you do? What are the inverters? What's a KVA? Uh, all these terminologies that none of us know what's going on. Uh, we just want to make sure we don't get roughed off by buying the wrong stuff. So stay tuned after this. Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Clipcentral.com. So, one of the pet hates that we currently have in this country is the fact is that we don't know when we'll have power and when we're not going to have power. Um, you know you live in South Africa when your favorite homepage is the load shedding schedule. It's like <laughs> one of those friggin' ridiculous things that we have to live by. Um, as I said, when I just got back from overseas after being snow bound in an airport or snow stuck in an airport, you know, you get home and you go, ah, oh, we're back. It's beautiful. It's stunning. And then, we get hit by load shedding. We go, ah, reality check. Fun times. <laughs> okay, and here, here, here is where we're at. So giving us all the lowdowns and all the options and what we can and can't do, um, what we should be looking at, what the hell KV is and a KVA and, I don't know, all these other cool things. Um, we've got Ilan Miller joining us from Ilan Miller Electrical. How's it, Ilan? How's it, guys? Morning. Hey, Ilan. Morning. Are you ready to enlighten the nation about what they should be doing and not doing. We're going to try. <laughs> We're going to give it a bash. Give it a bash. All right. So right <clears> now, um, you know, the question on everybody's minds is what, what do we do? I mean, we're kind of screwed. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we're faced with this um, useless ESCOM. We can't run a bath, never mind a company. And now we know for the next couple, you know, for, we're in it for a while. For you know, And you're trying to run a business. You're trying to work. You got, you got kids, you're trying to do homework. What do we do? What are our options? There are a couple of options. Your first option is probably immigration. <laughs> <laughs> step one. No, step one. <laughs> step step, two, moving <laughs> step right. two, moving forward. You can go with generators. You can go with inverters. You can go with solar power. There are a lot of different options out there. Um, the, bo- the bottom line will be the what suits your pocket. Okay, so is it a budgetary thing? Is it a pros and cons thing? Is it all of the above, I suppose? All, all of the above. It's, it's probably more all of the above because with money, you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, throw enough money at throw the problem. Throw enough money at the problem, it will go away. Ah, in Kandla. Right. Just saying. <laughs> or, un- <laughs> unless you ESCOM, obviously, but. So I think, so I mean, let's, let's talk the normal scenario. So you have a home, you know, um, it's a, you want to, you want to just be able to operate. So I don't mean run absolutely everything. And I think kind of that's the, that's the key here is that you need to realize that once load shedding kicks in, you have to make the call. Um, how much do you need up working versus how much you don't need working? So you don't need your 13 room billiard table functioning at the moment, or do you? Um, and then you build a generator based on that. Is, I mean, how, well, does, how does this work? I, I generally tell people there are two things. The one thing is, is, uh, depends on what, con- what convenience factor you want. Okay. The second is, is how much money you're going to throw at the problem. And there's always two issues. There's a nice to have and a have to have. Okay, so let's do that. Your have to haves, generally, people are looking at lighting. They're looking at security systems, electric fences, intercoms, um, alarm systems, CCTV, etc. And then the fridges, TVs, decoders, computers, that type of thing. At the end of the day, you're, you're going to get more power for your rand out of generators than you are out of inverters. Okay, so let's just define what in what what each one of those items are. I mean, what's what is okay? A generator is easy. What yeah, is that? G- generator obviously different shapes and sizes. Right. Uh, either petrol or diesel. They are gas generators. Right. 
Uh, generators, you're going to get a lot more power out of your generator than you are from an inverter. A 5 kVA or 6 kVA generator can generally set you back anything from about 6,000 Rand up, depending on the size of the machine. A 5 kVA inverter, you're looking at about anything from 15 to 25,000 Rand for okay. the same power. Oh, so so on, an, on a generator, you effectively set this thing up. You put some petrol or diesel in it. Make sure you get the right combination. And oil. And oil, yeah, oil otherwise you burn it. Um, then you plug an extension cord into that if you don't, if you haven't wired it into your house. And then you just basically run some appliances off that, right? Yeah, that's a basic, that's a, the basic, very easy plug and play scenario. Okay. Cause I mean, we've seen them on the side of the roads when the guys are building or are drilling the roads or kind of jackhammering the roads. There's a generator somewhere. And it basically powers up all those devices. Hundred percent. The thing is, based on the power, the the power ability of your generator. Right. You can't take your generator and just plug it in and assume you're going to now cook dinner on an electric stove or oven. Okay. Heat your water on a geezer. The general, the small plug and play generators don't have that kind of capacity. You can okay. take if you're going to start looking at hot water systems or anything generally that works on a motor or heating elements. You you start your requirement becomes bigger. So do those draw the most amount of power? Yes, your geyser, your electric geysers, right. stoves, ovens, kettles, toasters, heaters, that type of scenario. That That's going to draw power. It draws most of your power. Most of the smaller generators which people are installing today, they're powering up, if not all the lights, most of the lights in the house. Right. Uh, their fridges, freezers, TVs, computers, decoders, etc. ADSL. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your, your PVR. AD- PVR and ADSL. Yeah. Some people, we've done a few installations where guys are actually only concerned about the TV, <laughs> PVR and ADSL. Yeah, because they don't need lights or. ADSL generally works even if the power is out because Telcom. But Telcom works. Yeah. Okay. But so your pro- there's a problem with that because most guys on ADSL have got Telcom works if the power is out 100%. Mm. But then they've got wireless routers and things which need power, power to get your yeah. signal, etc., through the house. Right. But I mean, you can, you can ra- wire your, you can run your router, because effectively you just plug it into, into your generator. Correct. And then therefore you get your wireless back, and therefore you can still work from wherever you happen to be. Yeah, 100%. Okay. As long as whatever device you're using That's it. has either a full battery or also charging. Okay. So that, so just to, so recap here. So you got your generator. This is the plug and play. It's the one that you buy <laughs> from a wholesaler, or a retailer, sorry. You bring it home, switch it on, put some oil, petrol, Switch it on, run an extension cord, and then whatever you plug into that extension cord will just work. 100%. Easy, no mess, no fuss. So what are the limits on a standard generator? I mean, what can I actually power? Look, like I said earlier, depending on the size of the generator itself, you know, if you if you calculate what your requirements are, and from those requirements then size a generator, the size of the unit you need, you know, you can go from 3 kVA up to 400 kVA. Yeah. It all depends, first of all, on your budget. Second of all, on your um, your location. If you're in a townhouse complex, your neighbors aren't going to love you very much with no, a 5 kVA generator <laughs> from Builder's Warehouse or the likes of Builder's Warehouse because it just makes a noise. If you're going to take one of those generators and make it silent or go ahead and buy a silent unit with the same kVA capacity, you're in for 40,000, 45,000 rand. Wow. For approximately 3,300 yeah. 3,100 3, um, watts. Okay, so from a generator perspective, what's the best way to actually set up a generator at home without essentially 
blowing up something. Okay, look, with a generator, generally what we do, and obviously trying to keep it within the uh, required regulations, etc., on electrical installations, is you'd, you'd find a suitable location for your generator, not right. in the garage. You need the proper ventilation. A lot of people tend to put their generators in the garage. <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> then, then what you do is we put in a changeover switch. The purpose of the changeover switch is the power from your generator goes into the changeover switch. And the power from your electrical distribution board goes into the changeover switch as well. Yeah. And then returns from the changeover switch back into the distribution board. In a power failure situation, you, tra- you turn your changeover switch you generate the mode, if I can call it that. Right. Yeah. What that does is it creates a distinct split between ESCOM or city power and your electricity. So should the power come back on after load shedding or a power failure, there's no chance of the generator power and municipal power coming in contact with each other. Yeah, which would essentially oversurge. Well, essentially you'll fetch your generator from a suburb or two down the road. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the, the purpose of the changeover switch is more a safety factor. Yeah. It takes away that the small chance of human error. Okay. If you're going to just do away with the changeover switch and rely on your memory to switch off the main switch in the board, and we're all guilty of it, your cell phone's going to ring. While you're in the process of doing something, you're going to forget to turn off the switch. You're going to blow up the generator and all the house. Jeez. Okay, so I mean, it, is, it sounds scary as it is, yeah. but I mean, effectively, not your, 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 exactly, your, your changeover switch is a switch. And, it's Correct. A, and, and the two worlds shall never meet. And that's Correct. the point what, of doing the safety. The, the practical side to it is, is if there's power failure, you'll go outside, you'll turn your changeover switch, start up your generator, and via the changeover switch, your generator power feeds the required circuits in the house. On the smaller plug and play units, generally what people do is they go into their homes and actually turn off physically in the main board, your geysers, your underfloor heating, uh, possibly your stove and oven, but if they off at the wall, they off. So, but those items will ultimately they're either going to work or they're going to overload your generator. Your generator is going to trip. Yeah, but but it, well, but it, it trips. It doesn't explode. No, no, no. Okay. It doesn't. <laughs> no, no. There's a big thing of saying people are so scared of electricity that um, you know they don't want to touch it. But it, it has got all the safety features built in, especially if you don't if you buy a brand name. Yeah, uh, stick stick to the brand names. Right. Stick okay. to the brand names. The thing is you can also, you can get a bigger generator. You can get, uh, like, for example, a 60 or 80 kVA generator, which will work automatically with automatic changeover switches, etc. And then you do nothing. The generator starts. you got power across your whole property or house or office. And your only concern is to make sure the generator serviced regularly and you've got standby diesel or petrol. Right. Okay. But so that's the generator side of it. Um, what about an inverter? So an inverter, you said already that it's better for a small complex or someone who doesn't want all the noise of the puck, 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 puck of the generator. Yeah, correct. The inverters also will come in different sizes. What, what is the inverter? What's it made up? What, what the inverter is essentially is it's an ele- electronic piece of equipment right. that's got a built-in battery charger. And what happens is it's powered by ESCOM. In this scenario, we take an inverter that's powered by ESCOM. Right. That inverter then charges the batteries which are connected to it. And then the batteries, in turn, in a power failure, the inverter inverts your DC current of the batteries right. to AC current and then powers up the required circuits. Okay, so the nice thing about this is that it's a self-contained unit. It's quiet. Um, you can have it indoors. So there's no fumes. There's no, um, you know, you don't have to top it up with any petrol or diesel. Yeah, maintenance-free, totally maintenance-free. That's great. The downside is you've got to make sure your batteries are constantly charged. 
Well, the the downside, yes, but your batteries are charging during normal electricity conditions. Your batteries are charging all the time. The the okay. downside on an inverter scenario is the cost factor because you're paying a lot more per, if I can call it KVA or what, in an inverter than you are on a generator. Okay, so you pay more for it, but you pay more for the convenience, for the quietness. There's total convenience. It's silent. It's uninterrupted. It works like a computer UPS. Okay, so the same, same, same kind of idea. Yeah, an example I can give you. We did an installation for a client whose neighbors knocked on the door to ask if they could watch the cricket because they had no power, <laughs> knowing he had an inverter. He didn't even know the power was off. Oh, seriously. He, but, I mean, could, could you wire your inverter also like with a changeover switch into your house? Or would you still have to run extension cords off an inverter? No, what we do with the inverters also, like I said earlier, to keep it all legal and within the like uh, standard codes of practice and parameters for wiring a house, as well as with the gener- small generators, we fit an external distribution board next to the main distribution board. Okay. That distribution board then is fed via the inverter. Okay. So let's call it the backup board. Right. So from the main board, you have a circuit breaker which feeds through to your inverter or inverter system. Or generator, and from there it comes back into the backup board, and then the backup board feeds all the have to have, nice to have circuits, depending on the size of the system. The thing with the inverter also is to remember when purchasing an inverter, first of all, make sure it's a pure sine wave inverter, so it keeps electricity constant and without spikes. Correct, it keeps the electricity flow constant, keeps the frequency constant. And avoids all spikes and things. It's actually beneficial to your electronic equipment. It actually protects it. Protects it. Okay. Then what you got to look at is the batteries is not how much power you got. The batteries is not your 10 amps or 20 amps or 30 amps. All the batteries are is your standby power. Right. So yes, the secret is. is, is when sizing an inverter, if you have a look at your have to haves or nice to haves, let's take, for example, we're talking about a 6,000 watt inverter. And we decide between ourselves, well, between us, we do an assessment on your house and we tell you you're going to run your fridge, you're going to run two flat screen TVs with decoders and accessories, a computer, and if your house is retrofit to LED lighting or energy efficient lighting, probably 80 to 90% of your lights. Right. Then we calculate it, we get to a figure, call it 4,500 watts or 5,000 watts, go bigger to 6,000 watts because the machine itself is where your power is. Yes. So if you put in a three, let's say we calculate to four and a half thousand watts. If we put in four and a half thousand watts, there's no room for any expansion. Any if you get a bigger yeah. fridge or a bigger TV sure, or additional sure. TV, you got a problem. You have, a, you have an issue. Correct. Um, right. So if you have any questions for Ilan or you want to just find out some information about what's kind of applicable to you, you can do that. You can give us a call on 0861 555 I know most people are streaming this, so you can't use your phone and stream at the same time, but that's fine. You can otherwise use the Twitter account, so it's at cliffcentral.com. And you can get a hold of me on my Twitter account, which is at L-I-R-O-N underscore S-E-G-E-V. And then Daryl's Twitter account is? At Daryl Linnington, or you can check out at IT News Africa. All right, so tweet us any questions that you might have, and we'll be back after this. And it's so fast and clean, smells like trouble to me. Unreal, uncensored, unradio. Clipcentral.com. And we are back, and we're here with Ilan Miller from Ilan Miller Electrical. We're talking about load shedding and the crap that this country is going through and what you can do all about it to get you sorted. So just before the break, we asked if you've got any questions, and they are coming in fast and furious. So first we got one on WeChat. 
Um, by the way, WeChat ID is Cliff Central. If you're on WeChat, you can just hook up that account there. And Sam basically says, what about keeping my generator underground? That there's underground and underground. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When, when you're talking underground, if it's in some kind of basement or something, you okay. obviously need to make sure of proper vent, proper ventilation because of the fumes, etc., from the generator and the impact the noise will have on the rest of the place. Right. You can't uh, exactly just dig a hole and bury the generator because it's obvious, the, the ground, the water, etc. Depending also where underground, you've got to take into account your drainage because of water and definitely your um, ventilation is a big ventilation. one. Ventilation is a very big one because it's like running a motor car in a closed garage. I was gonna, you, yeah, you, you don't you want to gas yourself. You, that's the, I'm it's, just going to switch on the generator. It's dangerous. <laughs> I, and, Unless it's an absolute last resort, even then, so I'd stay away from burying any generators. <laughs> um, could you, as I'm um, hook onto, you know, the, the generator's got a little exhaust pipe that normally comes out of, out of that little unit. Could you extend that exhaust pipe to take the fumes away? You can extend the exhaust pipe. I'm not a, I, I'm not too, uh, okay with engines and exactly how they operate, but I do know that by extending the exhaust pipe in the incorrect manner, you're going to reduce the performance of the engine oh, okay. on the yeah, generator. There we go. Okay, cool. So there's a lot of silencing methods and ex- exhausting methods. So you but it's got to be engineered. It's got to be engineered correctly because otherwise you're going to reduce the performance of the machine. So basically, you don't stick a pipe like a pool noodle and say, "Ta-da!" <laughs> you can, but you're not going to get the desired results. <laughs> or you might do that once. <laughs> okay. Um, another question that's come in from Daniela, who says, um, do we see this problem happening for a very long time? Because um, in 2002, load shedding began, everyone bought generators and inverters, and then it stopped. So do you, are, are we in it for the long run here? To be honest with you, Liron, I'm, uh, I'm no authority on ESCOM <laughs> or the power suppliers. Right. But um, from speculation and the news and everything else, not that we always believe everything we read sure. in the news. But I would definitely say that the, the signs are there, the writing's on the wall, and I think by the looks of things, we, we're in for a long one. We're in, for, we're in for a while. I think so, yeah. Okay, so it's, it's something that actually is worth thinking about, uh, you know, about properly. It's not one of those knee-jerk reactions. You should really do some research before you go out and buy, because whatever you're buying, you're, in, you, you're going to be stuck with it. Definitely. And also, the thing is, at the moment, because of, if I can call it, the panic demand, there's a, there's a panic demand on the in the market at the moment, so a lot of places don't have stock, they don't have equipment, etc., etc. And to go out on a whim and just buy the first generator that comes along, right? Uh, chances are you're going to pick up like rubbish. Okay, you know, so stick stick to brand names, stick to machines that have got service history, departments that can service, right. over the counter backup, over the counter support. Okay. You don't want a situation where you buy a cheap generator because that's all you could get. And, for example, the air filter or petrol filter or something on the machine in the mechanics breaks down and you, your, last, your next option is to buy another generator, not to actually repair what you right, bought. Right, right, right. So when, obviously, we've, we've discussed generators and inverters and everything like that. What are the options when it comes to solar power? Solar power, there are a lot of options available. At this point in time, very expensive options. Yeah. You can, for example, on a very basic general um, inverter installation, if you wanted to, you could put solar panels up on your roof, get a solar controller, and create a solar-powered battery charger, if I can call it that. How, that. how long does solar power essentially last? Well, as long as there's sunlight, you've got solar power. The mm. thing is, is that there's solar power and solar power. You can get solar power, 
where you're generating your own power and you consuming the power you generate. Yeah. Alternatively, you've got a backup system, which in our current situation in the country, people are looking more to solar as a backup solution more than a power generating solution. Yeah. Which then means you've got to introduce batteries to the equation. The batteries are very expensive, but the, the technology is available and it's out there. Then your solar, during the day, what would happen essentially, the mechanics behind it, is the sun would generate power through your panels. The panels via the solar inverters, etc., would charge the batteries. And then excess power you'd consume, and in a power failure situation, you use the power from your batteries. Okay. So out of all three options, uh, what would you recommend? Inverter, generator, or solar? Financially, if you can do it, definitely solar. Definitely solar, because there will be, in, in the very near future, there are going to be better incentives for us public and consumers on solar. Yeah. All over in Europe and places like that, there's very big incentives for people to generate their own power, consume what they require, and the, if I can call it the overgeneration of power, to put back into the grid and actually get money back or get um, get uh, on their their monthly consumption costs, reduce their cost totally. No, in, in some places it actually works in the reverse. Correct. The more power you generate power into the grid, your meter actually spins backwards. So, yeah, I think one day we'll actually get to that You've level. got, we've already got what they call a bi-directional electricity meter. Yeah. But generating your own power at the moment in South Africa as a general household or general consumer, right. there's no incentive for you financially. To do it, yeah. Other sure. than yeah. For, for personal gain to reduce your own consumption. Sure, absolutely. And uh, generate your own power as you need. Okay, well that's cool. That's been very enlightening, so to speak. Um, so now you don't feel so powerless. I think the important thing is to do some research, work out your requirements, work out where what you need, um, then set a budget. Because I mean, it's very easy to kind of overstep your budget, but you must realize that we're in it for the long run, um, and the long run could be three months, could be four months, or could be five years. We just don't have an answer. But the nice thing is, the second you have your generator, you feel so much better about security. So much better about being able to operate <laughs> and run your daily life. Um, yeah, it is a bit frightening. Um, Ilan, if people have questions, can they get a hold of you directly? Do you want to give out your number, your email address, or anything like that? Uh, they can get hold of me on Ilan, I-L-A-N, Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R, at iburst.co.za. Alternatively, let them tweet you and you can get, get hold of me. No, that's not a bad idea. Okay, I'll play Messenger and I get 50% of referral fee. Did you hear that, guys? <laughs> 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 well, you heard it here, folks. Ilan, thank you for joining us. Thanks uh, for having me. Thanks, thanks very much. We'll guys. definitely do a follow up because I'm sure we're in it for, uh, yeah, we'll see what, what, what the next step evolution is. Cool. Sure. All right. So that was all the power solutions. I think yeah, if you're going to save your money for anything, uh, it should really be one of those things that you invest in properly. Um, definitely get a hold of Ilan and just ask him some questions. He, he'll guide you in the right direction and hopefully do your installation for you as well. Um, all right. So we've got coming up now. We just want to quickly wrap and talk about the Nintendo 3DS XL. The new 3DS. The new 3DS XL. So um, both Daryl and I have, have one. We've both been playing with one. It was given to us by Core, the company that brings apples to the country. But um, No raspberries. Uh, no, no raspberries. <laughs> um, and the device is actually quite cool. So it's a gaming console. It's a portable gaming console. Yeah. No internet required. Um, what do you think about it? Uh, it's pretty awesome. I mean, Nintendo 
officially launched the original 3DS in 2011. Uh, but since then, the designs actually changed over the years. So they they even brought out the 2DS, which doesn't have the 3D function. But what's great about the new 3DS at the moment is the 3D is so much better. So on the original 3, 3DS, uh, nice. if you tilted the screen, your eyes would like feel awkward. The screen would go out of shape. With the new 3DS, that doesn't happen anymore because it essentially tracks your face. No, I dig that. I, I, and I must say, I, especially, you know, when you travel a lot, you're looking for something to, you know, some entertainment to, you know, count down those hours before you land. What was really cool about this one is the 3D function just works like a dream yeah. under all circumstances, uh, you know, whether you're going through turbulence or not. Yeah. <laughs> I've never liked 3D. Yeah. I've never liked 3D games because of that. So in the old um, DS, people just basically switched the 3D off. Yeah. Okay. Because it was just irritating. Mm. Yeah. It actually works so well. I mean, Zelda, the game is, is very, very cool. Um, and I must say, I really, really dig the fact that you switch on and play. There's no internet connection. There's no logging onto Facebook. There's no inviting your friends. You just switch on and play. Yeah. No. It's a good gaming experience. I mean, the option is there to connect of course, it. Sure. But as there is with everything, it's but, essentially uh, offline, which is great. Uh, and stick your cartridge in. If you haven't done, installed a game onto your actual device itself, um, and then just go for it. Yeah. Effectively. Um, um, I must say the battery lasts a hell of a long time. Um, I stuck my headphones on and to, me and Mario Brothers got really acquainted at the terminal airports. <laughs> um, but it was very, very cool. It just simply worked. And what nice, what is nice is the people that I was on the tour with who have never played a console before picked it up and instantly knew what to do. It was just intuitive. Uh, great little unit. Mm. That's what I like about Nintendo products is the fact that it's plug in, switch on, play. Go for it. Th- there's no technicalities to it. The exactly whole that. system's easy to use. That's what the guys that say that the handheld gaming consoles are dead. I'm not really buying that because mm. we do have tablets, yes, but sometimes you just want to get lost in the game without a beep of an email or a tweet or something you know, that takes you out of that mode. I just want to play and just switch off for a bit, and that's what's lack about the, the console. So that's definitely something to be, that's, that's absolutely worth, um, worth checking out. We don't have prices for this, do we? Uh, I know that the new 3DS XL, uh, retails for around about 2999. Okay. So I was right about that. Yeah. Okay. And then I store on their website, you should be able to get that or in Reggie's and retailers and all those. Yeah. Most retailers okay. should have it in store. Okay. Or if you look on Core's website. You'll be able to check it out. Right? Yeah. All right. So I really dig this console. I think it's quite cool. Um, as I said, it was given to us to, to play with. Um, but I'm got attached to mine and I'm actually landing up. It's in my bag. I get to carry it wherever I go. <laughs> um, Especially when you're traveling and stuck in snow. Ta-da. <laughs> right. And speaking of get traveling and getting stuck in snow, one of the apps that I'm actually trying out at the moment is called No Roaming. Okay. So K-N-O-W, roaming. And it's one of those things that when you travel, when you do travel overseas is that your international telephone calls are just ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Data is ridiculously expensive. So what tends to happen is, you switch off and you buy a local SIM card wherever you happen to be and you simply use those cheap rates. You spend your money on everything. On everything else. So the problem with getting a local SIM card is that you've got to go somewhere. You've got to go speak to the person behind the counter. You've got to explain to them using lots of hand gestures and signals <laughs> of what you're looking for. Over, I want that I, one. <laughs> well, overseas, remember that routers and mobile phones are different. So a yeah. personal hotspot is different to your cell phone and your cell phone in most places can't be used as a hotspot anymore. 
So you've got to kind of get the right stuff. If you can get that right and you're willing to have the patience to put up with this, it's the right solution. But if you install this no-roaming application and effectively you buy the product which makes your SIM card a dual SIM card, it's a sticker that fits on the back of your existing SIM card and converts your SIM card into a dual SIM. And it sounds all like wowish, but it is. <laughs> Whenever you land, wherever you're going, you can get your calls forwarded from South Africa to your phone and will charge you at a fraction of the rates. But very cool is your data. So wherever you happen to be, you switch on and it automatically uses much, much cheaper data rates um, than you would if you had to use roaming data. Not quite as cheap as buying a local SIM card, but zero of the hassle as well. So I've been testing it um, on my last trip. I've got another one coming up, and I'll test it again. But so far, I'm really digging it, the fact that you switch on, and it just works. So as soon as you land, you can kind of immediately get connected and catch up on the 90,000 miles that are coming through you know, down, the, down the track from you. <laughs> So that's my pick, um, the no roaming app. Um, again, it's, um, it's a physical product that you've got to buy, plus it comes in a company app. And again, it's unavailable on the iStore um, or Core website. You can get it from there. I think it's 399 Rand is the price for that. So if you do a lot of travel, definitely worth it. I'm sure I'll definitely check it out as well. As we, as we go into our next trip. <laughs> All right. So an hour goes past quite quickly when you're talking tech as yep. usual. So, um, Daryl, thank you for joining me again. And thank you for having me. Um, Daryl, can we get a hold of you? How? Uh, Twitter, you can look out for at Daryl Linnington or you can check out at itnewsafrica.com. And the website that you're out for? Uh, www.itnewsafrica.com. Very, very cool. Um, my name is Liron Segev. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at, at L-I-R-O-N underscore S-E-G-E-V or on the blog. It's thetechieguy.com. And until next week, we'll check you soon. Cheers. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Mm-hmm.